Welcome to Safety Net, a patient safety podcast with news, trends, and ideas from CRICO, the insurance program for all of the Harvard Medical Institutions and their affiliates, bringing a data-driven approach to reducing medical error through clinical analysis of malpractice claims. In the constant search for how medical mistakes and patient harm occur, the data from malpractice claims continue to accumulate and reveal new insights. A study in the Journal of Patient Safety by Gleason and colleagues in late 2021 shines a light on nursing's role in malpractice claims and preventing diagnostic error. The focus of the study was on claims that involved the diagnostic process. Diagnosis is the leading category of malpractice claims according to a 2015 report by the National Academy of Medicine and confirmed by subsequent analysis of national data by Candelo in the Harvard system. The study analyzed nearly 800 medical malpractice claims from across the United States. In a 10-year study period, nurses were named as the primary responsible service in 139 diagnosis-related claims and in 647 claims involving a failure to monitor physiologic status, which is a key function in the diagnostic process of care that involves nursing directly. In this case, you know, we're focusing largely on inpatient nurses. I, I, I was an inpatient nurse before. Uh, before entering into academia, um, a lot of times we're, we're, I, I can't, we're really left out of the diagnostic team. Kelly Gleason led the research team exploring what kinds of legal allegations and contributing factors involve nurses when patients file claims and sue their providers for negligence. Gleason is an assistant professor at Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. She says a key goal for the study was to show how nurses are held accountable by the legal system. It was to show that nurses are legally considered part of the diagnostic team and so this is not this should not be a controversial thing that we're saying that nurses are part of the diagnostic team or that you know nurses play a role in diagnosing and that we're actually legally accountable for um for our role in di- diagnosis and so it's not something that's optional it's not something that can sit on the back of your list it is something that that is very very much so part of the role and responsibility of a nurse What they found in the malpractice data, though, was that certain factors kept nurses from fulfilling their diagnostic role. Each case in the database that the researchers studied is carefully coded by a detailed taxonomy of contributing factors. Researchers identified common factors in the cases they studied, including failures in communication among providers in more than half the cases, and communication problems with patients, which contributed to 16% of the cases. In a fifth of the claims, inadequate assessment was present. And 41% of these malpractice cases involved a failure to respond. Gleason believes workload and culture also play a big part. I don't think it's one person's problem or another person's problem. I think it's a bi-directional issue. Um, and particularly as nurses are you know, increasingly busy, increasingly understaffed, all those situations are happening. Uh, it's very easy to put different concerns above the diagnostic concerns because you feel like it is a physician's job to diagnose. If you have a patient, um, and I, I, you know, I can say an extreme need, you know, a a patient might've just gone to the bathroom in in bed and you don't have um, a patient care, care, care technician available to help you and you need to clean that up. But your other patient has, you just took their vital signs and it's extremely concerning that something big might be happening. 
um, and how to triage that. And again, I think that sometimes you're like, okay, well, I'm going to put the vital signs in the computer and the physician's going to see and I'll send a quick page. But really, you are part of the diagnostic team and you have a, you have a major role to be a part of making sure that really gets communicated and, and, and heard by the physician. And I think that's what we saw in the study and in the stories that came from the study. One of the co-authors is Penny Greenberg. Greenberg is a nurse and the director of operations for Candelo, which gathers hundreds of malpractice cases every year from an international collaborative of insurers and health systems in a detailed database. What struck me in the research that is concerning is the when you look at the contributing factors and the likelihood of death among these cases in these diagnosis-related cases, 62% of cases where there was um, an issue with communication among providers resulted in a patient death. So right there, you know, we have to pause as a a discipline, nurses, physicians, um, everyone who takes care of the patient to say, how do we make that better? How do we communicate better? How do we make sure, you know, um, the, the plan of care for the patient is well communicated to everybody who's caring for the patient? Greenberg is also a consultant in team training, and she points to the National Academy of Medicine report's top recommendation. Health organizations should facilitate more effective teamwork in the diagnostic process among disciplines, patients, and families. The data in her study showing communication failures among providers supports the Academy's recommendation about teamwork and diagnosis. The training that's going on now, both for medical students and nursing students, does not directly you know, talk about the diagnostic process with regard to nursing or physicians or PAs. What it does do, though, is it focuses on teaming, team training, communication, um, the ability to escalate, you know, the responsibility of the nurse specifically as the patient advocate and being, you know, responsibility to escalate. And if you don't get a response from the first person you escalate, what's the chain of command? And you should feel very comfortable without any retribution and being able to go up the chain of command. Kelly Gleason says anything that helps providers understand nursing's role in the diagnostic process is helpful. Orientation programs and in-service training that call out nursing's role in the diagnostic team are among the study's recommendations, along with team training. Gleason says that still too often, a nurse's experience feels like the opposite of teamwork, and a lot more like isolation. I don't think that our education or training inadequately prepares us for being part of the diagnostic team. I think that many parts of our diagnostic and of our, of our training and education naturally, you know, it, it, it is related to diagnosis, being a part of the diagnostic team. But what is missing is explicitly calling that out and calling out what we're doing. And so to me, it's not a matter of being change education and training so much as it's a need to explicitly call out, you know, these are the actions you do and they're related to diagnosis and getting the correct diagnosis for the patient. And that is extremely tricky. And we, we need you to be a full team member on this. But I think that the, the, there's just this barrier around calling what nurses do as part of diagnosis. And it's not helped at all by, um, by the confusion over nurses' scope of practice because it is 100% part of our scope of practice to be a part of the diagnostic team, to be part of communicating, assessing, monitoring. Um, do we give the final di- you know, diagnostic label? No, but, that, but there's a lot of other ways, you know, parts of, of the process that, 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 that we are a part of. And that's, I think, 
just what we need to move towards. According to Greenberg, medical errors have been shown to decline where team training was applied, for example, in labor and delivery and emergency medicine units. Greenberg believes that a wider application of these methods holds a lot of promise. Statistically, um, hopefully you would see a decrease in the severity and um, the outcomes of these patients, but also see a decrease in the diagnostic errors, that the diagnostic process coming up with a differential diagnosis is a team that a team sport. Um, and to me, that's what it should look like. I don't think you're, we're ever going to get rid of or eliminate diagnostic errors just because of how complex our um, medical care is and the many consults and people involved in patients' care. Hopefully, though, we can decrease the number or mitigate how severe the outcomes are to the patients. Thank you for listening to Safety Net, a podcast of news, trends, and ideas from Crico in the Harvard Medical System. Find all of our podcasts at www.rmf.harvard.edu slash podcasts and subscribe. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and then rate and review the show to help others find it too.